Welcome back, cultists, to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brandon Carrion, and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Adam Sink. What up, Adam? How you doing? I have no memory of this place. It's been been, been a while. (laughs) It has. It's been a hot minute. And uh, Heather's with us, too. Heather's still still doing Full Metal RPG. What up, Heather? Why you going to say it like that? (laughs) What was that supposed to mean? (laughs) (laughs) We we didn't drive you away over the the break. I just keep waiting for your resignation letter, and it hasn't shown up yet. It's been sent, lost in the mail. It's probably with my Necromunda book. (laughs) Probably. Lost in the mail. Somewhere between here and Florida. (laughs) Yep, yep. Okay, so uh, we're back. It's a brand new year. You're probably listening to the fucking New Year episodes of all your podcasts, and we're not going to bore you with any of that New Year's resolution bullshit because because that, to me, is just incredibly intellectually lazy. I don't believe in it. And we don't have any anyway. <laughs> <laughs> new Year, same us. There, yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, anyway, so self-improvement is masturbation. Hashtag Fight Club. Oh Hashtag God. so edgy 1997. I guess that was 99. Anyway, um, so here we are. We're back doing the uh, podcast again. It's been a hot minute. We had a plan to do an episode in late November, and then we just got late Novembered, and then we were taking taking December off, as we knew, and we've received a couple emails, people saying, hey, uh, you're coming back, right? And here we are. We're back. Yeah, we're back. We're, we're back. We're doing this thing yet again. Don't call um, it a comeback. We in, never left. <laughs> indeed. We're on to year four of our five-year mission um so this is uh this is this is momentous times we're on the downhill side of this big experiment called full metal rpg uh so let's start off with what we got up to since november it's been two months i'm sure we all had some kind of gaming shit i had more (laughs) fucking shit going on than i care to talk about but each one of us is gonna pick one thing and then we're gonna talk about it for a minute so adam why don't you get us started what'd you get up to over the break over the break, October turned into November and oh with God. Speed Freaks coming out and stuff. And then I started digging out my Necromunda stuff again. So I am working on getting my Necromunda gang into fighting shape. I'm doing Orlocks because I picked them way back in the eons of time when we were talking about doing it and then we never kind of didn't coalesce we got busy with other stuff and then december came around i was like i'm not doing other stuff i got time to paint so i got my orlocks back out i got my paints back out and i started hitting the i started hitting the uh the necromunda pipe real hard um and getting all that stuff put together (laughs) you know what's interesting about necromunda is it has the potential as a miniatures game to be the most role-playing miniatures game there is Today I was on the warhammer-community.com webpage. And they have a whole series of articles called the Arbiter's Handbook or right. whatever. For and the people who run the campaign mode mm-hmm. of Necromunda. Because there's supposed to be one person, kind of like a GM, who's overseeing the overarching plot or campaign, whatever you would like to call it. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that um, now that we are firing on all cylinders with Necromunda, because... The original architect of Necromunda, a one Benjamin Bailey, uh, who 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 got me all riled up at the end of November twenty or excuse me December twenty seventeen to get into Necromunda and then promptly dropped the ball on that. Well, because he wanted to do Deluxe and they didn't come out until the it was November, right? Like Deluxe came out in November of twenty finally came out. In November of last year, and now everybody is excited again because the last couple of gangs are out, and we can get everybody playing a different gang. So everybody is, hey, I'm going to play Orlocks, you're going to play Goliath, Ben's going to play Delax. Well, that, that has been his, what I am going to not generously call an excuse. Uh, but... So now we're all firing on all cylinders. As you said, interest has been revived, and we're back to doing that. I and got, they put out the updated books, too, which also helped. They put out the collected gang book and the collected hardcover rules with the errata. <laughs> so it's a complete game now. Well, except that they issued a uh, fact Errata on for it. the errata. <laughs> they issued a fact and an errata on it like within two weeks of releasing it. 
this is my eyes rolling back into my head <laughs> as I'm losing consciousness. Yeah, I printed that up today so we can have one on hand. Games Workshop, you are the best slash worst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Necromunda version 2.1 Cash Grab Edition and Cash Grab Edition Volume 2. <laughs> we'll see if they end up putting out another book or not. Uh, I think they will. I will say the lesson that I got from purchasing some of the Gang War books is not to do that because they will just release a collected edition eventually that will be ch- much cheaper than buying even two of the individual Gang War books. The thing is, is that we knew that they were going to release a collected edition. I mean, they, their their model had proven that with Blood Bowl. So I was fully expecting them to do that. I, I didn't expect the price point to be so much lower and, and for it to be better quality with the hardcover and everything because the... Gang War books are soft cover. They're $30 each. Right. That hardcover Gangs of the Underhive book is $50. And hardcover, Yeah, it's but ridiculous. it only has the gang material in it. Oh, it doesn't have the It doesn't the non- have the okay. rules. Because each Gang War book, the little softback ones, had new rules as well as a new but game. But those are compiled into the hardcover new rule Exactly. Book, so, so in order to get everything, you really had to spend $110. Which is much closer to the $120 that you would have spent if you had bought four Gang War. But I was going to buy the hardcover rule book anyway because yeah. they updated all the rules and did the errata, <laughs> which I'm now finding out they're errating the errata. Yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah. I have been... They knew that. I have been They knew deep, that you would. In deep on Necromunda, and I've also put together some of my Speed Freak stuff. So I've been doing a lot of miniatures gaming work. Solid. Solid gold. Uh, Heather, what about you? What did you get to over the break? <laughs> Um, Why do you laugh? I don't know. I didn't do the vampire game because of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. Well, that's that happens. Well, Want to talk about that a little bit? What? Oh, I don't know. I guess like it's just uh, hard to like basically be the main actor of a story when you don't know how to do it. <laughs> it's difficult. And the only way... That, so it's muscle memory. The only way to do it is to do it. Yeah. And I think everybody's got really solid character concepts. I think it'll be fun no matter what. So <laughs> I wish you guys could see Heather's face right now. She looks like she looks like Ben Affleck in that like that Batman interview where she's like looking kind of down and you can tell her eyes aren't focusing on anything that's actually in the room. <laughs> Bat- yeah, I have Batman a whole Superman. first like whatever. What's it called? First act. Can you call it an act? Yeah, you can call it an act. You call it whatever you want. Call it an arc, an act, a scene. Got a first act. Okay. It's coming from like a theater background. What a nerd. (laughs) Someone's like a a first act is all ready. I just don't, I don't know. So you had Richard and Adam and I, we all made characters. Did you make a character? I have made a character. I need to get it over to you. So Richard and I made characters. (laughs) Richard and you made characters. I have a character. He's he's like a Pinkerton guy. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I told you about him. I just haven't sent it over yet. But I've got some of it written up. I'm not happy with it yet, but I will get it over to you. Okay. So so (laughs) have you decided if you want to keep doing it? I mean, I do. It'd be rad. But I also, like, I go through phases of genres, which is a weird thing, I guess, right? Like, you go through a genre phase. It happens. I I think that people who play role-playing games are very familiar with what you're feeling. Okay, so I was into Southern Gothic genre, but now because I watched RoboCop, I'm into cyberpunk, and I kind of want to do a cyberpunk game. Vampire yeah. probably not like <laughs> not the game to run cyberpunk, but oh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just laughing because I relate so heavily. Where it's like I get a certain taste in my mouth and then I explore it for a little while and then and then I'm like, eh, now I'm onto something else, you know. <laughs> I get analysis paralysis where I'm looking at all the different things and I go, uh, and I can't make a decision, mm. and so I go, oh, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> There's so many options, but I want to do the, the vampire game also. I could do both at once. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like way too much. Don't you have like a ton of friends at your job that are like all getting in your grill about yeah. role playing? Yeah, because they want because they want to learn about role playing and they know that yeah. you're on a role playing podcast. They're like, you're a herald of role playing games. Tell us, and I'm like, uh, just uh, go to my boyfriend's Facebook page. <laughs> just just send them to me. I'll run D and D. They it. can sacrifice some kids to a monster. <laughs> It'll be great times. They're like, how do you get into role playing games? And I'm like, I don't. No, you just gotta show do up. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the advice I give you. Just do it. Just yeah. go out and run it. But I gave him tons of flyers for FMRPG. Well, I mean, so. I, I I really think that this is a golden opportunity for you to 
really cut your teeth doing some role playing because yeah. these people are obviously don't have what you would call like a whole lot of expectations. Never know what they're doing either. Neither yeah. Do I. So I guess that's a good people I'm, to do it with. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> I mean, there really is no substitute for just the experience of just, just saying stuff. And really like seriously, like these minimal systems, the games that you've been reading and interacting with like dungeon world, Alas for the Awful Sea on some level, uh, Mortal Coil are fucking great for that kind of stuff because you just start talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you show up. You're in a house and uh, it's raining outside. What do you do? You know, and then think, of, well, I don't know anything about the house. Tell me what the house looks like. And then you start telling what the house looks like. It's, e- it's easy, right? Yeah, it's pretty easy. I could be wrong. No, that's easier than like, I guess I just get, I get like too caught up in my thoughts about things too. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I got to, like, narrate a whole. Because of you. Because of you. Because you're so good at it. <laughs> it's all your fault. Oh, fuck. Because whenever you GM, you, you, like, have, like, the music and you have, like, candles and you're, like. Yeah, don't worry about that and stuff. And you're, like, yeah. super, like, You don't need accoutrements. I, I don't do any of that stuff anymore just because I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And you're, like, super descriptive. You guys are both super descriptive. It's a skill set that you build on in time. Like, nobody would go to the gym and, like, just throw all the 45s on the squat rack and then just start with that. (laughs) What I will say about super descriptive is there are times when you describe something and then later on you've forgotten about some aspect of it. Yeah. And then somebody else goes, what about that? And you're like, ah, shit. (laughs) That's right. I did say that. Well, that's a, you know what, now that you're, yes, this does happen. This happens to, to all of us. Um, and I think that part of that is the sort of myth that the, um, that the GM is some sort of like all seeing, all All knowing God, like, um, like I'm omniscient and I have it all figured out the whole time when the real truth, the real kind of man behind the curtain who's making, you know, Oz work is that most of it is just improv kind of shit. You're just making it up as you go along and you're, and if you're smart, you're taking some notes or if you're an arrogant prick like me, you're saying, Oh, I'll remember it later. But then you don't. And you never do. (laughs) You know? I mean, so it's just like, uh, you always want to exude a confidence that you had this all planned always, but the real truth of it is, is that something like seventy percent of it is just shooting from the hip. Just like winging just it. Do it on the fly. Here. Winging, winging it. it. Winging it, man. I can do that. Yeah. See, you can do that. You can do that. So that's my my break. Sick. <laughs> uh, How about you? What'd you get up to? Well, okay. So this this last break, I did something kind of similar to what you did, where I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole and um, got a little bit lost in the Warren down there. Uh, I got this this like I was saying previously, I got this taste in my mouth for '90s role playing. I don't know what it was, but but I, I think I think what it was is that I spend so much time kind of hanging out in story game world and we're doing a lot of game development we'll talk about later and so that that gives you this where you're, where you're trying to have this kind of top view very cerebral you're always thinking about like what are games and how do games work and what is fun what is the definition of fun how do i inject fun into my games all this kind of shit and so i just i, I there was this this yearning inside of me to get back to like the fundamental to get back to the 90s when it was us in high school and we were hanging out in like some guys like living room like some like 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 their parents house that we knew from school we were like rolling dice on a coffee table you know our games were very gamey during that time and they were right super fussy super rulesy and very very gamey where we're we would sit there and pound the books in front of each other that index finger jabbing at a paragraph going it says right here right the you grab a soft cover manual and you start flipping through the pages furiously trying to find some reference to like a bylaw somewhere. Right. Anyway, I I kind of got wrapped up into two games. I got wrapped up in Dark Conspiracy uh, by uh, GDW. GDW? Game, games don't work. Yeah, that's right. G, GDW. And um, rifts of all fucking things i and so then i i went online and i bought a whole fuck ton of books for both of those and uh as it turns out you can you can buy i had this idea you could get like a a whole complete collection of dark conspiracy for like 50 bucks and so i tested that theory and then you can't <laughs> it costs more than that and then somehow that led to me i don't know how it led to me buying a bunch of goddamn fucking rifts books and so those are also very cheap they're like mm-hmm. i mean if, if, if yeah if, some of them are 
Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like back in the '90s when you could go into a role playing store and you could buy a book for ten bucks. You can go on eBay and get a Rifts book for about ten bucks. Um, and so I I collected big piles of both these games, and each one of them has their uh, has has something going for it, and then each one of them has a huge fatal flaw. Um, what Dark Conspiracy has going for it is it's a super cool game, super cool. Uh, it's a cyberpunk game that takes place in like the near future, and it has all this shit that you imagine from a cyberpunk game, but then it also has a horror game fused on to the bottom of it. And so it's like, I mean, if you take all the kind of grim inhumanity that's already baked into cyberpunk, and then you add like real monsters to it, it's just very unique. I can't really think of another game that's like it that's out there right now. Um, Rifts has this incredibly like maximalist 90s kind of like comic book role playing kind of feel to it which if you're trying to relive the nostalgia of the 90s and feel good about that type of role playing I don't can't really think of another game that exemplifies that better than Rifts. However, the problem with both of these games is that they have convoluted ass fucking systems that like let's face it are questionable questionable like uh the combat system for dark conspiracy is more complicated than many war games that i play now like it's just pages and pages of well if you move 10 feet and take a firing stance you can then fire a three round burst and you're just like oh god when am i ever gonna do this why would i care you know um, anyway, so I kind of want to run one of these games as, like, my house game for, uh, 2019, but, like you were saying, with analysis paralysis, I can't fucking choose. Which one? Dude, I'm stuck. Yeah. What I did was, at the beginning of the year, I pulled three games off my shelves that I haven't run that I want to run. Oh. And so, I went and I grabbed, uh, Zazarkala, so cool. I've been rereading that, um, Red Markets, Cool. Um, and then the other one that I pulled, I ended up replacing with Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition. Ooh, well, what was the original one? The original one was, which one was it? Oh, it was um, The Genesis. That was the other one I pulled off. And then I was looking at those two <laughs> oh, books, God. and oh, I was like, this is too much for me to try and bite off right now. Um, there's just too, It's too much material uh, and yeah. it's great material and it's gorgeous and i'm not knocking it for that it just seemed like it was too much material but having gotten into warhammer fantasy roleplay i don't know that that's ready to run yet because there's only like 20 pages of antagonists they don't give you like any sort of sample story to run with it anything like that it's it is basically just a book for you can create a warhammer fantasy roleplay character with this book 400 pages and uh, that's about it. There's a minimal amount of setting information. But you know the setting. I you, do know the setting, fucking... so that's not as big of a problem. However, when I started thinking about the things I wanted to do, I was like, oh, there's not rules for these undead creatures. There's only rules for a couple different types of Skaven. There's only rules for whatever this shit reason, like uh, Slanesh Daemonets, where I'm like, they're not going to be fighting these things because they'll just kill you. Yeah. And so a lot of that the, is a little weird. A lot of the creature section is stuff that you can't fight, like a basilisk. I'm like, I'm mean, no one's no one's gonna fight a basilisk in this game. Like you're just <laughs> not gonna get to that point. It's not gonna happen. So I decided to kind of rethink. So I may go back to Degenesis. We'll see. But I've gotten I got the Zazer call out, and I've been reading that, and I've been reading Red Markets, and. I will pick the... I'll probably pick another third one again. Because, again, it's the analysis paralysis thing. Now I'm starting to, to yeah. guess it. But I did settle on at least the two. And I will be running those two at some point this year. See, that's interesting that you said that because at RPG Club just a couple days ago, I was talking to the homie Chris, Chris Hatcher. And he was like, hey, um, when you start running Colt Divinity Lost, I'd like to play. And I was like, oh, I didn't really have any plans to play that. And he goes, oh, I thought you did. My, my mistake. Anyway, if you do, I'd like to play. And then, of course, like a worm started like turning in my head. Cult so, is another one much like the Genesis where when I look at it, it is a pile of materials that I have. And it's intimidating 
just because I have Teroticum, Black Madonna, you the Cult Core. The thing and, is, though, if you read the if you read Cult Core, you're good. You can start running based on that. Right. Like my Rift selection, because all these people told me they're like, oh, because I was all like, Rifts is Rift sucks because <laughs> it's like it's it's so it's so it's, it's like everything is in it and everywhere and it's all connected to everything. And they go, oh, what you got to do is you got to focus on like one narrow area that you really that like has, is full of stuff that you really love. And then it's the most fun thing ever. And I remembered from back in the 90s, early 2000s, when I used to be on a big Rifts bender, and my favorite two books were Rifts, Warlords of Russia, and Mystic Russia. And I was like, well, I'll just focus on that. And I was like, oh, they came out with another, another Russia book, Sovietsky. So I got that. Then you're trying to read those books, and they keep referencing the uh, Triax and the NRG book. So then I got that. And then I'm like, well, then you still got to read the fucking core book, right? This is like that <laughs> White Wolf problem that we used to run into back in the 90s where it was you'd read a book and it would go oh uh c freak mm-hmm. legion player's guide to the femori yeah c you know horizon stronghold of hope and it's just it's they're all they're doing is just seeding that to get you to buy the other books you don't actually need them you just go yeah. all right cool but I'm you, not going to worry about it. But you know how it is. It's like it starts eating at you. Anyway, oh, yeah. so I it's have... a flesh-eating bacteria. It gets in there and just devours your brain. Like, I have this huge pile of uh, of Rifts books that, like... And so now that feels, like, too much for me. I'm just like... I mean, I don't feel that way about Dark Conspiracy. Dark Conspiracy, I could probably start running tomorrow. Um, Rifts, I feel like I need to read, like, a thousand pages in order to get it going. But then, if I ran cold, I mean, that's PBTA, and mm-hmm. that's so much easier, and it's, it's like a 400-page core book, but... You'd probably have a lot of fun running cult, it, yeah, I would guess. Just God. based off of what I have read of cult, you would probably have a lot of fun running cult. Yeah, you're probably right. But yeah, if anybody wants to hear more about Rifts, they can go back and find the iProfit episode in the catalog, because yeah. he talks quite a bit about it on it's, the show. It's true. Our, our, our episode with iProfit, where he talks about Rifts, and he speaks very like passionately yeah, he's in effusive favor about of it. it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, I think we were kind of like, <laughs> Rifts! And we were kind of, you know? <laughs> I know that I was kind of like that. Well, he was talking, and I was going, I have, I, have, I have not owned a Rifts book in years, and I don't really know anything about it. So, and I still haven't bought a wrist book because every time I'd go look at the ultimate edition, it's going, oh, do you I know, want this? You know or? what I found? Fucking ultimate edition yeah, sucks. Buy the soft cover buy is what you said. Buy the soft cover first edition because I picked up the ultimate edition. I started leafing through it and I was like, and immediately I, I, I felt like it ended my analysis paralysis right there. I was like, I was like, oh my God, this book's so unwieldy and it's laid out so stupid. What did it's I huge. ever see in this game? And so I went and put it back on the shelf. Then literally the next day, I got an order in that I placed on eBay where somebody had sent me a uh, first edition softback and I had wanted it just to have it because that's how I am. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to run this game, but at least I could flip through the core book. And I started flipping through the core book and it reminded me why I liked Rifts because that was the original core book that I ran on. And it was like, fuck, this game is, I mean, this book is fun. It's it's fun to interact with. And the thing is, is it's very similar content. Most of the shit that's in Ultimate Edition is literally just copy paste it over and then but then it's they, laid out better they added in a whole bunch of crap from additional different other books it's just too fucking much it's just too much you can't fucking deal with layout that. can kill a book dude and it does on that ultimate edition the fucking fucking character creation is way in the back it's this little tiny sliver of pages way in the back so you literally have to read something like three or four hundred pages before you get to character right creation. which i hate I don't want to do that. So lame. That's, so lame. I don't want to do that. Whenever I see a book that does that, it drives me insane. And I never really noticed it until I started getting more books and realizing that books that spent all this word count up front doing all this other stuff, I couldn't stand. It's yeah. like, I just want yeah. to go through character creation so I know what I'm dealing with and then sell me on the setting and the world and all the rest right. of it. But I don't need that up front. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like Rifts, they put in like 30 character classes that you then have to read, but you don't have any idea how they work. Because mm-hmm. you haven't read character creation. Yeah, that's the other thing is when they Ridiculous. start talking about the other Ridiculous. parts, you're going, I want to I want to have the characters out in front. So because A, it makes it easier when I want to play the game because I just flip to the front, of the, book. To the front of the book. Hey, look, character creation, it's right here. And B, it lets me know if it's a game I might be interested in playing because I go, what are the types of characters I can play in this? Mm-hmm. That's going to tell me if I have any interest in the game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's what I did um, over winter break, amongst other things. Fun. Um, <clears throat> So now we are going to get to the part of the show where we talk 
about our sponsors. So today, uh, we just like to take a second. We like to thank Game Depot, Tempe, Arizona, on the crossroads of uh, Southern and McClintock. If you're ever in Arizona, uh, I highly recommend that you come by Game Depot, check out the shop, uh, talk to Dave and Patty, say hi. Uh, if you pick something up, do let them know that you heard about the shop from Full Metal RPG. They have been so generous with us and have really helped us out by getting us role-playing games to give away to our listeners. Additionally to that, Dave and Patty are just great people. Adam and I have known them since we were little kids. And um, as we've been kind of going through this journey of kind of being like like getting into podcasting and now we're getting into writing and like every time we kind of have an evolution in our kind of what you might what you might sort of hilariously call gaming careers they've been very supportive of everything that we do and they give us kind of really solid advice as to like how to kind of like deal with the new challenges that we're experiencing as we as we move through these different phases so um they have something for our listeners that we're giving away. It is a copy of Kids on Bikes, a role-playing game about small towns and adventures. This is one of the um, this is one of the kind of Stranger Things role-playing games. It is, has, in fact, one has, of the Stranger Things kind of role-playing games, much yeah. like Tales from the Loop and the other ones that have come out. And it was kind of Done. they all kind of came out around the same time. It was very interesting yeah. and fortuitous that they were. Yeah, well, I mean, some of them were, like, directly based on Stranger some Things. Some of them and were. I think that this is one of them. Um, this is a softcover book, and it's 25 bucks. This thing's 25 bucks new, so um, we're going to be giving that away. And then we would like to talk a little bit about a friend of ours, a friend of the show. Um, Matt Kelly has started an online store for uh, independent games and independent gamers. And um, I think if you listen to Full Metal RPG, you probably already know about his store, Exalted Funeral. If you don't, you should go online. You should check it out. Because it's like he's clearly on the same page that we are, and he listens to the show. We have a great relationship with him. And he wanted uh, to give away to some listeners a couple of um, sci-fi horror games that he sent over to us. So um, we have two games. They're both from an independent press called Tuesday Night Games, and the night is with a K. Ah. So you should go ahead and... If, so so, so the, the Tuesday Night line of games is available at Exalted Funeral, along with, for instance, Zosser Kala, um, the stuff by World Champ Game Co. We also know those guys. Those guys are great. I actually ordered a copy of Zoss or Kala from a friend for a friend through uh, Exalted Funeral, and it got to my friend in like two days. Seriously, it was like so blindingly fast. He also did an order of Lamentation stuff too. He had some Lamentation stuff on mm-hmm. there for a hot minute. He's got Lamentation stuff. He's got DCC stuff. He's just he's got the cool shit that you the the, the, the cool kids want is what I'm trying to say. So he sent us these two games. We got what we got here. We got Dead Planet. And we got Mothership. And both of these are sci-fi horror games for our listeners. So we got three fucking books that we're giving away. Okay, guys? Three books. Now, how do you enter? I hear you saying, Brendan, I didn't see anything on Instagram. I didn't see anything to repost or reshare. Well, okay, here's the deal, kids. Here's what happened. Like, we get a lot of people resharing, but we don't get them listening to the podcast, right? So it's kind of like... Why would we go out of our way to give away books to people who don't actually listen to the podcast? We and want then they don't claim the books. They don't claim the <laughs> and books. And then they sit around forever. Months. Months they sit around until we <laughs> yeah. give them away. They just sit in around a different way. Cluttering up my house. For a hot minute, I had literally three copies of Vampire the Masquerade Fifth Edition, my copy, Heather's copy, and then someone's copy just sitting there. There was um, that DCC book that sat around for that. That was here for oof, six months. Oof, it was it was yeah. six months that that book was sitting around haunting us. A hot minute. Reminding us of our failures. Uh, <laughs> the Our failures. And we don't need any more reminders of that. So what we'd like to do is we would like these books to go into the hands of listeners. So here's how you win, okay? All you got to do is when you listen to this episode, you got to write me a little message on either at Full Metal RPG on Instagram or on our Full Metal RPG Facebook page. Just go boop. Hey, Brendan. Hey, Adam. I want one of those games. All right. Hey, put me in the drawing for one of those games. We're giving away three. Okay. And let me tell you, 
you write in, you have good odds of winning one. Um, so when does this contest end? You are going to be hearing this, 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 this episode will drop on the 15th. If you're listening to this episode, it's probably about Tuesday the 15th. Uh, we're going to keep that contest open till noon on Friday, the Friday of that week. Okay. I don't know what that day is. It's the 18th. The 18th. Heather tells me. Thank you, Heather. You've got yeah. three days. You're welcome. You got three days to listen to the new episode, and then all you got to do. Three and a half. Just, just, hit up, just hit up your boy. Hit up your boy, Brendan, on Instagram. Just go. You don't, you don't have to write anything nice. You don't have to say, oh, I love the podcast or anything like that. Yeah, be like, fuck you, give me games. It'd be yeah, nice give me, if you did, though. I yeah. mean, yeah, sure. I'm not going to say no, but if you, like, you know, if you want to write something hilarious and improbable, and maybe I read it on the, on the air or something, we could do that, too. But that will enter you for a slot to get one of these games. If there's one in particular that you want, right, maybe make a note of that. Because if you're really hoping for one of these sci-fi horror games, then you end up with Kins on Bikes. We wouldn't want that. So we can kind of maybe, if, if there's preferences, we can kind of sort them out. So that's all you got to do. That's, that's, the fucking, that's the fucking gist of it. What do you guys think? Sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the best way to get people who listen to finally get... The rewards they Get deserve. Yeah, exactly. And then this way, we'll actually reach out to you and say that you won. And then you can say, well, here's my address. And then we'll send it to you rather than having it sit in my fucking office gathering dust for six months. Forever. Forever. Mm. So yeah. get on it, cultists. Get those messages flying through the ether space and get entered for a chance to win one of these books because they look cool. I am yeah. digging the hell out of this illustration on the front of this mothership one. Right? Looks the, uh, rad. These all look great, and I'm actually kind of bummed that... It I has have a fear them. save. So, that sounds uh, cool. I'm probably going to pick up a couple of these myself. Um, and then uh, expect new stuff from the homies at Exalted Funeral, because I've been talking to Matt. I actually owe him an email. Matt, if you're listening to this, I've been bad. I'm sorry, dude. I owe you an email. Hopefully he gets the email before he <laughs> listens to this. Shuddy. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> So uh, Matt's gonna be. I I I think he's gonna be sending us some more stuff. So so keep it keep it dialed in here, Full RPG, for your chance to win the sickest independent games as per fucking usual. All right. So I feel like I've been talking for a while. My throat's getting kind of parched and weird. Um, on to the next subject. The next subject. The next subject is games. We've been working on. I thought we might do like a little kind of game designer kind of roundup here since all three of us are in the process of designing games and we've been... are in the midst. ...furiously writing games. Adam, why don't you uh, tell us about one of the projects that we... Not tell... Tell tell the listeners because I I mean, I know. Tell us. Tell us. We have been working with uh, not uh, Matt Kelly from... Mark Kelly. It's a different... Not related as far as I know. But Mark Kelly, uh, who's an artist whose work you've probably seen in Vampire the Masquerade, uh, I Am Zombie, Instagram, um, and his company Dirty Vortex on a game called Endgame 85. And uh, that is another game that's set back in that 80s time period, Um, but it's an apocalyptic game. And so we have been writing uh, furiously and sometimes not so furiously (laughs) (laughs) content for that game around uh, the world and the apocalypse. I love apocalypse style games. So I've taken on a lot of writing about, oh, what what happens to a city after it's been nuked, right? Like what happens to the power structures in a city and what can you expect to kind of uh, how the world to evolve as a result of that, but also tinged with this weirdness that's going on. Cause it's not just a straight bombs fall, you die it's bombs fall. And then there's some other weird stuff going on too. And so, yes, I've been kind of thinking all that through and writing it and imagining what this world does look like. And um, you know, uh, Mark's been great. He's been guiding us through the process, giving us a lot of notes, going over things. I've got an intro adventure written for it. We're going to start play testing it here soon probably at the game club so if you're in the game club look out for that i will be running a game that i am working on and so if it's awful you can feel free to just tell me how terrible it is and if it's great you can feel free to tell me how great it is but yeah we're going to to put that out throw that out into the world hopefully here this year and maybe show up at gen con with a published game that we can say i I made this 
I made this thing. Look at it. Look at it, Joe Mag. I'm going to put it in your hand. I'm going to shove it in your hand. It's free because I know you don't like paying for stuff. I know you can't afford to pay for stuff on your yeah. on your death stroke salary yeah. that you make <laughs> with your wife who's on like the biggest sitcom in America. But I'll give it to you free. She's got, she's got expensive taste. You got to keep her happy. I guess. So yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm very excited to be going through the process. It's been a great experience. Uh, it's been great working with people that I trust and whose work that I like and respect. I, I would say that that's probably one of the highest points of working on Endgame 85 is getting to work with uh, Mark Kelly mm-hmm. because we knew of Mark Kelly uh, like years ago and we are the kind of nerds that would talk about him and his art and then we met him as a person. We were like, "Oh, that's great. That's cool." Uh, you get to meet the people that you you know you you know about his ideas, right? And then you get to start working with them. And then yeah. I was like, "Wow!" And they say never meet your idols, but in this case, it actually worked out really well. Yeah, he's so. he's he's cool as shit. He's really fun to work to work with and work for. Um, I'm stoked about Endgame '85, and by writing it, I have learned about this thing that I've heard about a lot, but I had never really truly experienced, and that is writer's block really oh my god i haven't god. had a problem with writer's block oh, i've had a Jesus. problem with maintaining my own narrative consistency across things which well, has been that can get hard yeah it's been an iterative process for me where i'm like oh yeah i could do it. Like, oh wait i already talked about that over here and it doesn't make sense in this context anyway and so it's been it's been a lot of uh pruning and iterating on things for me and it was great the notes that i got on the story that i wrote because there was some stuff in there that it was like okay that needs fixed. We're like clearly, this needs fixed. <laughs> I'd love to read that sometime. Did he put that in the mar- in the margins? Uh, no, it was it was notes in there, but to the effect of like, hey, you should change this. And so it wasn't it wasn't like, hey, this is dumb. But it was definitely no, no, when no. I looked at it, I was like, yeah, he's right. Clearly, this needs to be fixed. I think you'd have to go back to an earlier version of the document to find it because I struck it out and replaced it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah, no, I've been sitting in front of my laptop uh, working on that, and there are times when I'll get out like a hundred words in like mm-hmm. a night because I'm just like, like you can feel it's like, look, I'm gonna do a gross analogy here, here, guys, warning, but it's like the idea is like a big like lump in your head, and you're trying to force it out, kind of like through your face, sort of. I don't know, and it's like it just like you're like pushing on it real hard, and it like it's stuck. Yeah. stuck in there but you can feel the idea you know it's in there but getting it out it's fucking hard there I are definitely know, times so I'm where just, I'm i have waiting for the block to break i got a lot of stuff that i want to put out but i don't know how to order it oh, and yeah. i'll end up writing paragraphs and then i'll spend i'll get like a thousand words out and i will spend the next hour rearranging paragraphs trying to get things to make sense and moving sentences around because like, okay i can't talk about this because i moved that paragraph down now i need to move this sentence and it's a the editing process for me is the is the time consuming part because I will tell you the first time the stuff that I sent over to you that in the state that it was in there was a lot of that that I wrote and then rewrote and moved in <laughs> several times I iterated on that quite a bit ah oh boy well um that's in game eighty five right, so is in game eighty five well. uh twenty nineteen dirty vortex and game eighty five. Check it out. Uh, Heather, why don't you tell us about the project that we've been working on with you? <laughs> well, I guess since it's kind of like on hiatus right now, right? Because of all the projects. The other bit. projects have, have pushed more to the forefront, but I, I'm still grinding little little germs of ideas in the back of my yeah. head on that one. I, I don't think of it as on hiatus. I feel don't. like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I But go ahead. It's not really hiatus, I guess. It's just like not at the top of the pile of writing. Do you want to call it Arrested Development? Sure, yeah, let's do that. It's American Gothic and it's super, I'm stoked for it. It is a Southern Gothic role-playing game that I I like. Obviously, I like Southern Gothic stuff, so it was really, it's really, really fun to work on with you guys. Um, I don't know how much I should give away for the plot, though. It's a horror game, right? Yeah, it's It's, a horror game. It's like deep, dark. road game. It's like dark... Uh, horror, but not urban horror. It's like rural horror, right? Like backroads, yeah, backwoods horror. Yeah, it's a it's a backwoods horror game in the deep like recesses of American like culture and civility. I guess there's like lack of civility. Really, it's like savage and raw and wild, 
and it's going to be pretty intense. But I don't want to give any like super detailed because it's like it's too like if I give anything away, it'll give more of the plot away. And I want it to be surprised because it's dope. No, that's fair. That's it's, fair. It's nice and dark. Yeah, it's it's really dark and and kind of gritty and and all it's it's got a lot of potential um and yeah as soon as we get some time to devote some love and words to it i am sure it will blossom like a hideous corpse flower (laughs) no it'll be great i was actually just talking to alan barr about it about a week ago where where we this game was commissioned by alan barr um for his company uh gallant night games thank you adam because i was about to flub that Gallant Night Games, and that's again with a K. That's Night with a K. So um, he asked us to put this together, and he had a very simple commission, which was he wanted a road game, and he wanted to have a horror element. He said something that was kind of like uh, Ash and the Evil Dead. And so um, I started. he asked us for that at Gen Con, mm-hmm. and I started, I started taking notes on the plane back as to kind of what I thought we could do with it. And one of the things that was sort of like, like bouncing around in my head at the time was what was going on with Heather at that moment, which was that she was putting together this Southern Gothic vampire game, and everyone and their mom was telling her that it couldn't be done. They kept saying, "Ah, oh, you can't, you can't do that. You can't play vampire. It's not in the city. It's got to be in the city." And I was like, um, "And I feel like a lot of games can have this idea, like that, you know, except for fantasy games, which, which in which case they don't want you to yeah, be in the city. Then they're they, only in the rural they're areas. only in the rural areas." So the I was apocalyptic like, games where there is no city. It's been blown up. <laughs> so I was like, let's do a horror game that takes place like between the dots on the map. Just takes place entirely like on the road and in like little abandoned towns and kind of like like uh, kind of rustic, decaying Americana. Um, like that 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 feeling of when you're driving and there's nothing but you're surrounded by fields and like blistered billboards and rusty windmills and that kind of thing and then what kind of creatures and um groups are out there um and what are you doing there what's what kind of weird fucking adventure is going on out there so uh that's gonna be american gothic and right now i feel like we have a really solid uh kind of like core document that has the creative ideas in it yeah definitely like like that's that is pretty much ready to go it needs it needs a few more words but it's pretty much ready to go and then um we're gonna kick it over to alan alan has a system that he wants to use he's gonna as he says he's gonna wrap some system around it then he's gonna kick it back to us and once he kicks it back to us then we can actually write the book because one of the things i have learned over this process is that there's a difference between writing a game and writing a book and the first thing you should do when you're writing a game, is write the game. Don't sit down and start writing the book. Don't sit down and start writing, page one, introduction, what is role playing? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Start with being like, well, what is this fucking game? And how does it fucking work? Right. And then start, and then... What does it reward you for doing? Because exactly. that's what people are going to do. It doesn't matter what you put into the book part and what you think it's about. If the rules don't support what you think it's about, that's not how it's going to get played. Exactly. So, um, I feel like, I, I mean, I think that, that 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 game will be done in nineteen for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like it'll be out in nineteen, uh, knowing Alan and knowing how knowing how fast Alan works. Um, so so be looking forward to that in twenty nineteen, and then we'll have more updates on all of these games as we proceed forward. Uh, what I've been working on, kind of in my time, is. Um, if if you've followed the show and if you you know pay attention to what it is that I talk about, you may have heard me talking about my Powered by the Apocalypse vampire game called Ravenous, and uh, I did a bunch of work on this in 2017, and then I had some kind of seesawy work on it in 2018, and um, at the end of 2018, I was very very fortunate because um, when I went to Gen Con in August, I had talked to. Uh, Mark D.S. Truman about the game. And I had kind of asked him what he thought about it. And uh, I gave him a little pitch. And I kind of wanted to know what he thought about it. And if he thought that maybe um, that's something that he would be interested in for Magpie. And he um, said that what I should do is send it over to him. And then we kind of got busy with uh, this work for Mark and this work for Alan. And I kind of was like, 
well, I'll, you know, my ideas are dumb. I'll just kind of, you know, shuffle that to the back. And then uh, Mark, he and I were talking about something else, and he said, you know, you never sent me that ravenous doc, man. Are you going to send that over or what? And so I, you know, bashfully sent over to him this huge document that I had been working on that had become uh just very tortured and incredibly just all over the place. That game was like a mold. It was growing in every direction at once. And uh, he wrote me back and he said, yeah, I'm actually kind of interested in this game. So what I would like to do is kind of work with you to make it into something that is playable. And he has been so nice and so supportive in his kind of kind of mentorship where he has been teaching me how to write games through the process of writing Ravenous. And um, he went on sabbatical in the middle of December. And so we had to kind of put the work on on hold. But what he said was, is you should start running playtests. And I was like, Mark, man, that's crazy talk. This game, because we took, we took a, this huge document that was like 60,000 words. We took the 60,000 word document and kind of pushed it to the side and we started over at page one. And... Um, He's really the one that taught me about the difference between writing a book and writing a game. He's like, it's it's cute. You're making this really cute uh, uh, error where you're started writing the book, but you're not done writing the game, and that's what we're going to focus on. And um, I was so so I I, I had taken a, a sixty thousand word document and I had turned it into essentially like a three thousand word outline. And he was like, oh, start doing play tests. I'm going to go on sabbatical. You should start doing play tests. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? Um, this is this is, this is is just like a list of ideas. He's it's like, a skeleton. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, he's like, oh, no, it's plenty. It's plenty. It's enough to start play testing. And so I kind of trepidatiously went into the Friday Night Role Playing Club, and I started running games of Ravenous. And let me tell you, man, it's been fucking rad. It's been fucking rad. I couldn't fucking believe it. Like the 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 guided kind of work he had me doing on the game, like it just sharpened it up so much. And then and then all of a sudden, like the the wheels in my head that um it it sheared away all of my lack of understanding about how PBTA works. And all of a sudden, like these peripheral ideas about PBTA that were kind of foggy to me, they just came into focus. And I was like, oh my God, this is why this happens. And this is why we need this. And so while I'd be sitting there running the game, I uh, just would be taking notes about, okay, well, we need this and we need this and we need this. Um, and then I'm very happy to say that my players had a great time. I mean, I feel like I'm a complete fucking asshole right now. I'm just sitting here fucking up-talking myself. <laughs> oh my God, my game's so fucking amazing and everybody fucking loves it. I'm sorry. This is just, I, I'm nauseating myself even hearing myself say it. But I, I, I'm just really happy. It's I'm excitement. Really, You're allowed to be excited. Dude, I'm, I'm so excited because we had so much fucking fun playing it. I'm serious. It was like a really fun experience. Like, I look back on the old play tests that we had had, um... Of Ravenous, and it reminds me of when I had actually interviewed Mark Diaz Truman. We were talking about um, Cartel, mm. and he was talking about how when he is developing a game, he play tests it a lot, and he only goes forward with the game when he feels like it's a great game, right? Like that 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 if he leads a play test and people are like stoked for it, then he knows that there's a game there. But if they're like, oh yeah, it was pretty good, that was a good time. Then he's like, mm, it needs more work. And while the initial play tests of Ravenous, people were very positive and very supportive of me, uh, particularly Alex and uh, Michael Collette, um, I still got the feeling like, ah, I think there's a lot of friends that kind of want to see me take the next step, and they're very excited for that, but that the game itself isn't is 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 struggling. But I do not feel like that with the new playtests. The new playtests, the people are fucking stoked for the game. They're stoked for the game, and and that makes me stoked for the game. So I mean, if if I had the opportunity to run Ravenous in 2019, I mean that is really what I want to be running. I mean I'm not. It sounds weird, but I I wish that my fucking game was finished so I could run it. That's not weird. Fucking weird. Anyway, that's not weird. Anyway, so that's where we're at with that. Cool. So look for all that stuff. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no firm dates on anything yet, but I'm um, hoping that we'll see 
we'll start seeing these things trickling out. And then, of course, you know, we'll be doing play tests. So if you want to come down to the to the Friday Night Role Playing Club and you want to, you know, hang out there and get in on some of these, so you can kind of like have some say in how these 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 games develop. That'd be rad because we can always use more people like uh, giving us insights into what we're doing. Um, and then if you're far away and you're like, hey, no, I'd like to play test it in my home group or something, do reach out and we will we'll send you stuff. Yeah, we can get you stuff to get you up and running. Yeah, because we have we do have stuff. All right. Anybody have anything they want to close on? Necromunda. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 excited for the work that we're doing and uh, you know, we'll get the Necromunda League going up and hopefully we'll get Mantic Knights happening again here soon. Yeah, hopefully. I'm waiting for the Vanguard boxes to get restocked <laughs> yeah. i went on and i was like yeah no yeah they're all out of stocks all right cool oh my I god that's I crazy wait. i will wait patiently that, that is crazy uh i'm gonna be at adepticon coming up here um in march and uh so if you're going to adepticon and you want to play a game with me or you just want to hang out uh get at me and let dead me know. zone right uh, I will be taking my Dead Zone models to play in the uh, Nationals, and I'm I'm also going to be taking my Necromunda models because okay, even cool. though all the Necromunda stuff is currently sold out, I'm hoping that there are people people who drop. I'll be able to kind of like get on a wait list to get in, or if one of our friends who listens to the show hears this and they want to just meet up and play Necromunda, I will be in Chicago at the end of March with my Necromunda shit. So hit me up. Awesome. All right, great. Adam, where can they find us, man? If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Full Metal RPG. Just do a search. We come right up at Full Metal RPG on Instagram. There is a Twitter, but we don't really use we it, don't so do it. don't worry about that. And then Patreon, Full Metal RPG. Search for us, find us on Patreon as well. And as always, the website, FullMetalRPG.com. I will be working on getting some additional content up there. I'm going to start putting my Necromunda stuff on there. So I need people to oh, hold me sick. accountable that I'm going to start putting my models and my Necromunda work on there so people can follow along with what I'm doing so that they know that I'm actually doing stuff and not being a big, lazy waste of space. <laughs> and that's pretty much it as far as ways to get a hold of us. So Adam's send us DMs and let us know which one of these games you would like. Yeah, in no your shit. Hot little hands. Yeah, no shit. Let, hit us up. We got the games to give away. Uh, and then let Adam's hobbying be a motivator for you because it's been a great motivator for me. And All right. thank you as always for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Happy New Year. Welcome back. We're doing this again. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Good night.